it's like always working, no break, like people bragging about how little sleep you get, how little you eat, how much you're in the studio. Like, it's pretty, uh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that needs to change. <laughs> Hey everyone, you're listening to 2M Creative Labs, the podcast. This podcast is for those looking to learn, be inspired, and apply wisdom from others' story and process as they execute on their passions. Today we talk to Jackie Drushko, Vancouver-based character designer and illustrator. We talk about the importance of taking care of your health in a hustle-heavy industry, how she was told being a character designer is unrealistic, and dealing with creative blocks. Unfortunately, we didn't get to gush about her Sims apartment build, so let her know we have to do that next time. Hope you enjoy this episode. Um, right. Thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, just to get started, why don't we get a little bit of who you are and what you do? Okay, uh, my name's Jackie, and I'm a character designer based in Vancouver. Um, I graduated from Sheridan College, the animation program, a couple years ago, and then I moved here for my first job as a character designer. And right now I'm just doing a little bit of freelance in between contracts. And that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Talk to me about the, I guess, how you got started into character design and illustration. Uh, Well, I always drew. I, I think that most, like, artists now, like, you know, as a kid growing up, you always doodled on things and then in high school in like grade 12 I discovered that you can get paid for trying and then I said oh geez that's what I want to (laughs) do and then I applied to Sheridan and I got in and then lo and behold my there me there me am there I am there you are (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome I think I don't know I mean I've met a lot of artists and illustrators that kind of see that path, but also don't see that you could get paid for it. Like, what was the, was there any difficulty with that decision or was it just, I see it, it's right there. You can get paid for doing something that I like and you just went for it. Um, Well, you know, my mom, she, she was very against the idea. She didn't think that it's actually real. You can make a, like a full career off it. You can't be successful off being an artist. But um, I knew very little about it when I applied to the the program I applied to. And I was like, okay, if I don't get in, like, here's all my backups, like, maybe I'll do this or that. But I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in anything. And um, Sheridan was the only thing I really wanted to do. And when I got accepted, I was like, oh, geez, like everybody who gets accepted to Sheridan, they end up with a job. So I think I'll be okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Was it once you got accepted, did your mom just kind of said, all right, I think it's cool. Or was there a lot of. Well, she she still she was like, oh, well, you'll get a double master's or a double degree. Right. You can get a double bachelor mm-hmm. of like something you can minor in something. She's like, maybe you could minor in art. And I was like, no, mom, look, I'm already accepted. I'm already going. And she said, I guess so. And then she became pretty supportive after I became I actually got in the program. That's awesome. I think that's a big thing, um, especially for like illustrators to not have a whole lot of backing, especially because it's kind of seen, I mean, this is just my opinion, kind of seen as like, you know, it's very difficult to actually get a successful career out of pretty much like anything creative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's tough. Um, talk to me about your art style. So I've, we've gone and researched a little bit and for your final thesis, you did a short film 
called Bang Bang, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to me about that and how that came to be. I thought it was really cool how like the story, like how they kind of ramp up and yeah, just maybe a little bit of an insight into. Okay, well, for for a fourth year of the bachelor program, we have to make a film about one minute long. And that's all the guidelines they give you. Wow. And then, so they, in like second year, they start telling you to like think of your idea and it's very high pressure. Everybody knows the fourth year thing is the biggest thing in the world. So like you're thinking, you have to pitch an idea in third year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like they expect you to just like go for that idea in fourth year. So I pitched something completely different in my third year. It wasn't anything it was kind of similar. It was like a, a still music video idea. And it was like, but it was like a happy, like hitchhiking music video idea. And then in my third year co-op, I did, um, I did a co-op in Denmark. And then I got to like explore the world a bit and kind of learn some more. And then I realized I wanted to do something a little more, a little more out there and a little more like like girls like feminism like badass things like that because that hasn't really been i feel like that's like an undertouched subject mm-hmm. in, a, in animation especially because animation is very much um well it's not it's not very much a children's genre but you know a lot of people think of it as a children's genre yeah so i wanted to do something a little more um rough around the edges so i thought of a music video of two criminals and that was and then that was it (laughs) that's awesome how was the uh, response on i see like the hashtags on your social media and you've got like a fairly big following on that i think um yeah how was how was the response on that short film um it was really cool um a lot of people liked it i did a like a like an art challenge leading up to the release to to add hype to Mm -hmm. it um and that worked out really well and then I posted it and a lot of people liked it. And it was awesome. And it was, it was great to see like, like eight months of your life of like hard work, like pay off and people like enjoyed it and it inspires people. And I thought that's amazing. No kidding. Like, have you had a lot of people kind of come to you and say like, oh, that was super inspiring or. Yeah, it was incredible. Cause like a lot of um, younger Sheridan students, they message me and they say like, like, thanks for like making that video and and that really inspired me to make my my shared thesis and that's like the craziest thing that i could have done i think yeah <laughs> inspiring other students behind me yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a very different feeling to kind of have that i think um when somebody's inspired by your own work it kind of is very empowering to kind of keep going right yeah it's it's very motivating <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's like yeah that's the greatest thing i think yeah Talk to me about your art style and you've got a lot of vibrant colors and like, how did you find that as you were, I guess, starting out or coming out of high school and saying you want to go to Sheridan and then throughout those four years, was it something that's always been that way or did you kind of progress towards it? Um, no, it wasn't always that way in at Sheridan. I feel like you don't learn as much from the teachers you learn mostly from like peers and your friends like a lot of people ask like oh do you need to go to an art school or can i just like you know start a career in art and my 
biggest like thing that I learned from art school was I I was in a community of people who were good at art and like you get inspired off each other's work. So that was like very important to me. So like when I was in first year, like my art was real janky. It was pretty bad. <laughs> like a lot of people were really better than me and I was like, oh, do I even deserve to be here? And like, and I feel like it was like that for a lot of people. Like now you talk to people and they say like in first year, they also had a really hard time um, feeling like they deserve to be part of that community. Mm-hmm. So in like in first year, like, you know, you're trying to figure out what you're doing. You're trying to understand like your path. Like I didn't really have a style that it wasn't really ingrained style. And then in second year, like we have a bigger studio and all the students are like in the same room, like working together. And then you get to talk to people and see their work and, and see how it like influences yours. And that's like mainly how I like grew right during college. Yeah. It's like a, it's like with your peers and yeah, it's not like the teachers would be kind of, presenting styles that you should be doing it you kind of develop that Mm -hmm. well there's that there's that like very classic Sheridan style that all the teachers you know it's like very um old school Disney or like old school like um, Uh um, it's just very um like I feel like it's uh, not as relevant of a art style right as it could be Mm -hmm. and that's what all the the teachers like teach interesting animation in that style and and a lot of their because they're they're all like older dudes you know yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. and they they, you know they they like live through that so that's what they do and that's how they teach Mm -hmm. so if you want to like learn something like more like uh present you know like of a more like right now look then like your peers are really your teachers right have there been any like online resources or other references that you've been using as inspiration or something um, to kind of push you in your art style besides your peers? Yeah, there, there's, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> there's, um, there's like a Pinterest board that has a lot of references that I use it's called like character design. Like there's also like a Facebook group, you know, character design challenges. Mm-hmm. Like there's a monthly challenge. A lot of people are part of that. And they have Pinterest board as well. And it has a lot of um, categories of like poses and different age groups of different genders, different costumes and things like that. And I, I like to look at that when I'm in a slump. Yeah. And also looking at um, on Instagram now that now that I'm part of Instagram, like there's a lot of people that you like inspire me and a lot of people that are in the industry as character designers. Mm-hmm. And they've been in the industry for a lot longer. And that really also is like really good like inspiration and and stuff was there ever a point or even now where i've heard this from artists illustrators and like even just like my photographer friends you kind of look at these people on social media on instagram and they're like really good and it's hard for them or even for me personally to find that as inspiring and actually kind of a little bit less motivating um, was that ever been a th- case for you? Um, it's. I feel like for everybody, it's like a roller coaster. Like sometimes you're like, oh, like I'm good. I deserve to be here. <laughs> and then other times, like you're scrolling through and like you're in a slump, and then you see how good everyone else is doing, and you're like, oh man. But most of the time, when I when I see that other people are are doing well, it just 
motivates me more to try to get to that level and to mm-hmm. keep practicing. And one day, one day I'll get there. That's awesome. Something. That's awesome to hear. Um, with regards to your path, you said that it was kind of hard at first to visualize it. Um, now that you've moved to Vancouver, uh, are you seeing a little bit more of that? You kind of define that as, as an artist, as an illustrator, as a freelancer? Yeah, I think that now I'd call myself a character designer, mm-hmm. which is crazy because I never thought that that would be a thing. Because like when you when you go to school, like at Sheridan, they would tell you, like in second, third year, they would say, okay, like think about what artist do you want to be? Like, do you want to be a background designer? Do you want to be an animator? You know, and character mm-hmm. designer wasn't really on the table. Um, I remember my teacher, don't tell him, I'm not going to say who. They would be like, okay, but do you really want to be a character designer? Like, that's not very realistic for most people here. And I remember I'd be like, oh man, like they say that we should probably shouldn't be character designers because we can't do it. But that makes me want to do it more. Oh my goodness. You know? <laughs> so that made me really want to try it out. And then, and then I, and then I did it. And then now here I am and mm-hmm. I'm doing it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, yeah, cause I've, I think like briefly, I don't know if this is still current, like, are you still currently freelancing? Are you working with Titmouse and doing like, uh, I was, character design for them or? Yeah, I was at Titmouse for a little bit over a year, about a year. Mm-hmm. And I did one show that has been announced, so I can't talk about it. <gasps> and then I know, and oh. then I was a, a character designer and then I hurt my arm. I had an injury and then I took a month off and then I was on Archibald as a character designer for another month it's on netflix now so i can talk about it excellent (laughs) um and i did that for a month and then my contract ended and then for a couple months i've been off and i've been just like doing freelancing or like relaxing because i think it's important to yeah relax after you've been burnt out (laughs) oh totally i understand and now i've done a couple tests for some other work and now i think i'm going to probably get a job soon hey that's always so good to hear yeah um you mentioned uh hurting your arm and i've actually been following the series um on your instagram i think you've been illustrating a little bit about that Mm -hmm. and the the biggest thing that i kind of took away was like tying your self-worth to what you can do yeah and even just the notion that besides being a character designer and an artist you're also a baker you're a gardener you go to the gym kind of talk to me about that uh segment of your life and how how you kind of saw that at the time i'm glad you asked i can talk (laughs) about this for years hey i I see the uh the little instagram highlight about like your nerve pain like that's Mm -hmm. that was super cool but anyways go for it (laughs) okay well this is the summer of realizing things for me um since i hurt my arm and for, so this summer, I I haven't had a job. It's been really hard for me, especially at the beginning, because I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't have a job. Like, I'm trying to find freelance, but, like, I'm also dealing with this injury. Like, I could take a break, but at what cost? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I always, I always drew, and I always love to draw. And then when I don't draw, I feel, like, guilty, and I feel like that's like that for a lot of artists feel guilty that you're not working to be better. So when I take a break or like I'm watching TV or I'm reading a book or I'm doing anything else enjoyable, I'm like, man, but instead of watching TV, I could be drawing and 
getting better. So it's been a real struggle to try to figure out a balance of like getting better at art and like being able to just enjoy myself, my, my free time and just enjoy myself because what happens one day if I have a permanent injury to my arm, knock on wood, or I got I get both my arms cut off in a crazy accident, you know? Oh my God. Like then, then I can't draw and I can't do my career and I have to prepare for something, you know, like I can't just go my whole life banking on this because what if it's gone, you know? I have to find, I've had to find other things that can define me other than being an artist. Because when I injured my arm a few months ago, it was a real dark path for me. It was so, like, I was just at home all day. I just had to lay on an ice and watch TV. Like, I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't cook. I couldn't clean. I couldn't brush my hair, brush my teeth. It was, it was, it sucked, right? And, like, not only, like, I couldn't do things to just take care of myself. Like, I also couldn't do the thing that, defined me as a person which was draw yeah that's a really tough scenario to be in i imagine as an artist especially right like you do put a lot of who you are into what you're doing Mm -hmm. um that's something that one of my friends was telling me and she said that like a big part of us is in our art and when you can't do it when you're not doing it you kind of feel that sort of there's something missing yeah 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 for sure i need another hobby yeah i discovered (laughs) (laughs) is that something that helped you get through yeah i started focusing more on gardening a bit Mm -hmm. and i don't really have that many hobbies because a lot of hobbies require hands like i used to knit in high school no way yeah (laughs) i used to make socks and little gloves and i gave it to my mom for christmas and she never wore it so (laughs) i don't don't think they were that great but like oh so i want to do all these hobbies but then i realize all these other things that i want to do they require arms and if i want to do something with my arms i'd rather draw right i'm trying not to draw yeah so still haven't found a lot of things to do i've been trying to hang out with friends more because that's something that you don't really need arms for arms for yeah that's right (laughs) yeah yeah that's an interesting perspective like you want to draw but then you you're taking a break from it and it must be pretty difficult um, to kind of find something that you do enjoy and also give you that balance i suppose right yeah has it been like um, on social media or has anybody around you have responded particularly well to kind of creating around that story um, yeah, it's it's very. I was very shocked when I first posted, uh, like the first few things about m- my my arm. I have a cubital tunnel syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's like carpal tunnel, but it's like in your elbow. You're like, you're uh, you're nervous, like wedged. It's like pinched. Mm-hmm. And when I posted it and with the symptoms, like a lot of people were commenting, were like, "Oh my gosh, I have that," or like, "Man, I've been dealing with it for a long time, and I just had surgery, and I'm starting to recover," or like man, I've been having these symptoms and I didn't know what it was. And my doctor said it was this, but now I think it's that. And it's really crazy here because I've never heard of this. And I took, it took me such a long time to find diagnosis. I was dealing like this happened like last year for a month. And I went to like two different physiotherapists and a doctor and they all told me different things. And like, I never heard of cubital tunnel syndrome. And, and when I posted it, I can't believe how many people 
also had it or like thought they had it and i've never heard before it that's crazy yeah <laughs> like i was so shocked and then when i started posting about like ways to like take care of your your arm so you don't get this everyone was like wow i never knew that or this is very helpful and i'll start doing that and they never teach you things like they should have a mandatory ergonomic take care of your body thing like at every animation studio that's what i think <laughs> and like at school they should push it because they don't i remember at sheridan they had like one brief like in second year and first year they had like one lecture of like this this woman came in for like half an hour and she told us about it but we're in first year and we don't care mm-hmm. you know we're not listening and we don't we're not drawing that much yet <laughs> So they should come all the time and tell us about it. They should come into our houses and tell us to take care of ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's such a big thing I find. Like, And I think it is a good portion of that kind of guilt of not creating, of not drawing, that um, really makes it hard to say, like, you know, like maybe I should take a break. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially like when I was in school, it was that like, if you don't pull, there was this weird like mentality of like, if you don't pull all nighters, like, are you even working? You know, mm-hmm. there was this like always working, no break, like people bragging about how little sleep you get, how little you eat, how much you're in the studio. That's pretty bad. <laughs> and that needs to change. <laughs> you know, we need to start advocating, taking ourselves, taking care of our bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm, for sure. Is that something that you've been starting to move towards with the work that you're creating for yourself? Not necessarily for like the client work that you're doing, but more just sort of like on social media, um, like especially with, you've got a pretty big following now and with the response from your uh, your posts on taking care of your health and your situation, is that something that you're doing more of? Um, well, I've been posting about it a lot and it's really hard to, you know, do as you say. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like my physiotherapist has given me like a lot of instructions, a lot of things to do, but you know, everything is so overwhelming to always like every 20 minutes, take a, take a 10 minute break. Like I, like I have the hardest time like taking breaks. Cause you know, when you're in the, when you're in the zone, like how could you leave the zone? <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, but like, I've been doing like my exercises, um a few times a week like i've been doing it a bit but i haven't been doing it as much as i can i think it's like you have to be a superhero to be able to do everything perfectly all the time yeah yeah don't worry we won't tell your physiotherapist about that at all i hope she's not listening (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) yeah but it's it's such a big thing for sure and i definitely agree like colleges and any sort of creative school and creative space should really like, I think push a little bit more on that and less on... Because I feel like, you know, not sleeping to work is a very, like, toxic mentality. And in the same way that if you're not taking care of yourself at some point, you will not actually be able to push that extra two hours anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Yeah, like, like, I remember in first... And, like, in college, like, I would, like... I'd go to school for fourth year for my film. I'd go to school at 12 at noon and then I'd go and I'd leave the studio at three or 4 a.m. every oh day. God. And now like I can barely stay up past midnight. Oh my <laughs> like, goodness. Like I could, like I do an eight hour day and I'm like, I can't believe I ever had that crazy, like, like my body can't handle that anymore. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Have you found that doing that has actually helped your work improve or? 
like there... staying up all night or uh like no, no no like the other way around like finding a bit of a balance like do you think it's helped you more as a creator as an artist well i definitely am not getting as much work as i as i did when i stayed mm-hmm. up for that long yeah you know but um i think my overall life in, has improved well because like when you're in college like that's what you're doing that's all you're doing but now you're in the real world like art can't be your your 24-hour thing right for sure oh totally. so yeah so now that i have like a more normal schedule like yeah i'm, I'm creating less but i'm like uh sleeping normal and eating well that's good <laughs> and i feel like that's a better long term yes yes i yeah. think i think that is a very big uh, like big piece to think about is like the long term like the longevity of you and your career right mm-hmm. for sure and that's awesome um talk to me about your following and that growth like was it something that you've focused on social media wise um i know you're on patreon you've got an etsy you've you've spoken about the the groups that do all like have a lot of inspiration to you like was there something that you put into focus for creating a following or it just sort of happened as you went through sheridan um i think it just happened as i went through sheridan about maybe second year i started my instagram and it just like i just like i post like almost every day so i guess like that's the main thing that brings like that gets attention you know just like creating a lot i think mm-hmm. and that's what i did and i created a lot and i just posted it and people came and that was really neat nice to see that you know people you know notice and like your work but you know there was also the downfall of social media because you know um because i have this following i'm like oh man i have to create all the time Mm-hmm. because that's why that's why they're here and people are watching me and I have to give back but like that's how you produce like crappy art and that's how you lose yourself during the way so that's another thing that you know I have to that I've been struggling with and I have to like really pay attention to mm-hmm. right you mentioned like this was the summer of kind of seeing things right yeah that's right I've grown I've, I've grown more this summer than I have my whole life <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though I want to know more about things that you've been doing outside of creative work um, as a person, like with your friends, especially now that you're spending more time with them. Like kind of how are you outside of creating? Um, honestly, just exactly what you said. Everything that I wrote is exactly it because I have that much. <laughs> That's so funny. So, um, you know, I like um, I'm in Vancouver, so there's so much nature around us. Mm-hmm. There's like the ocean and then there's you drive for 10 minutes and you're in the middle of the forest it's amazing so i'm so jealous <laughs> where are you winnipeg oh yeah come save me please like. <laughs> <laughs> you can come visit anytime <laughs> you, can, you can drive 10 minutes in any direction it'll still be flat oh really oh isn't it like you could you can lose your dog and then that you see them oh isn't absolutely it, what, what's the saying like the dog runs and then you see it and i morning think so, i think so <laughs> something like I, that yeah Okay. It's it's pretty rough and not as uh, not as filled with nature like in both sides of the spectrum. But yeah, I've definitely been to Vancouver before and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool and like the the air is so fresh. It's really nice. So yeah, there's a lot of things to do. Like we go hiking with friends and we live 20 minute walk from the beach. 
it's really nice and now that i'm unemployed like i found a lot more time to like go outside and and like this summer was just like sitting outside at the park and drawing or just like laying down and forcing myself not to mm-hmm. not to do anything you know and it's really it was nice yeah it was good yeah and i and i bake and i made <gasps> cinnamon rolls Yo. That was that was the ex- that was the highest level of baking I achieved. Yeah, because there's yeast in it, and that takes forever to deal with. I tried making something with yeast like recently. It's I didn't have the patience. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it takes it took so long. I was like, why should I make cinnamon rolls for four hours when I could just buy some? Right. Yeah, <laughs> and they tasted okay. Oh. It was fine. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool to hear that. Like. Because I think that's something that I tend to miss, especially like doing these interviews, is that I'm not really seeing anything beyond the creator. And that, I think it's really cool to hear that the cinnamon rolls were the highlight of your baking uh, <laughs> repertoire. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like, do you, is there is there anything that you've been obsessed with as of late? Um, not necessarily like art or anything, but feel free to like pick anything. That... Um, I. Honest, I was, I used, in high school, I had mad obsessions with everything. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like as I grew up, I just like um, stopped enjoying as many things, which is very sad. Sounds sad, but I feel like everyone goes through that. Tell me, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. It's <laughs> <laughs> good news. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not really, like, usually I draw and then, like, I, like, I watch Netflix and stuff, but, like, I'm not currently into things right now. Mm hmm. I guess. Oh, I totally understand. Like, I used to kind of obsess over TV shows and just, like, get into, like, deep, 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 like, story and background of, like, all the actors yeah, or whatever. Exactly. It's, it's It's weird. And then yeah. and at some point, I've, I guess I've phased out of it or, like, there's a lull. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to think we grew up. Yes. We're just saying we're maturing. Exactly. <laughs> um, what about creative blocks? Has there ever been a time that you've had to deal with it? And what was something that you did to kind of break past it? Yeah, for sure. Um, not too often, but quite a little bit often. Mm-hmm. You know, I always get into roadblocks and then I don't draw. And then I feel guilty for not drawing. And I feel guilty for not posting. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like for like this week, I haven't like I haven't posted anything in like in a week. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, boy. Like, are people going to be mad at me? But then mm-hmm. I don't think anyone cares. So <laughs> so that's fine. But, like, um, when I'm in a creative block, like, usually, like, I do a study or I do something that doesn't require creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a redraw of, like, a screenshot from a film or I try to, like, sometimes I do, like, a draw this in your style. And, yeah, usually I just, like, don't, I do something that doesn't require any thought, you know. And mm-hmm. then sometimes, you know, the act of moving a pencil or like takes you out of that block yeah like yeah and also like if if like i'm in a block and it's because i've been like i'm burnt out i think mm-hmm. the best thing to do is just step away and and not draw mm-hmm. until until you actually feel like drawing again yeah oh for sure so it's funny because you spoke about your teacher we which name is undisclosed <laughs> that maybe like the chance of being a character uh, illustrator is character designer is very slim for mm-hmm. if somebody had gone through your instagram page or your social media and saw that you're an incredible designer and i would love to be that one day what would you recommend to that person 
Um, don't listen to your teachers. Because <laughs> a lot of times, like, you know, the teachers are always like, they do the very formulaic um, getting to point A to point B. They just want you to get a job. That's what the point of college, going to college is, you know, to get you your foot into the industry. So if somebody would want to be a character designer, I would say to get going <laughs> and to, you know, start working and, and seeing what artists like inspire you and which like seeing what you like out of each artist and putting that into your own work, you know, like, like if you like the shape language of one artist, like for me, for example, like I love Jason McQueen's work. Like he, he's a designer at Disney TV right now. And, um, his, he has very good shape language and I always, look at his work and I try to incorporate that into mine as much as I can, you know? And I feel like that's the best way to like grow in like a specific area as, you know, like choose, choose something and then like try to learn from other artists like that. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. It's yeah. Like finding what inspires you understanding why, it inspires you like who inspires you mm-hmm. and then kind of taking all of those sources and really creating something that resonates with you yeah and definitely not listening to your teachers <laughs> is my biggest takeaway on that one yeah well especially uh, in like in fourth year so you have a mentor guiding you to finish your fourth year film and a lot of teachers and a lot of students so a lot of students they um their film ended up like not being what they wanted because their teachers told them like, oh, maybe like change this or like, hmm, like, have you thought of this? Like add this to it, take this out, you know, until it becomes not your film, you know? So you always have to take, what do people say with a grain of salt, you know? Cause like my teacher told me a lot of things about my film and then I just didn't listen to it and it turned out okay. You know, it turned out what I wanted it to be rather than the way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's interesting how, Again, you're like a, you clearly just a big, like anti-establishment person, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can relate. I. <laughs> yeah. But I could totally relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause at some point, like the more you kind of take in other people's words without really considering your own, like it does kind of detract from your own work. Um, yeah, exactly. For sure. And that's, I think that's awesome I'm, to hear that. Sorry, go on. I was about to say, unless your idea is bad and then the teacher has a good idea, then, then yeah. you take that idea. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Talk to me about what's next for you. I know you're on Etsy. You've got a Patreon. Like, what's, uh, I think I, the last thing I saw was like the Narnia Reimagined. Yeah, I did a little, <laughs> I tried to do, well, I was off for a few months, right? So I tried to beef up my portfolio because I haven't changed it since college. Um, and some things I'm not happy with anymore. So a lot of people, you know, you do like a reimagined of a certain storyline. And uh, I think Narnia is underappreciated, but I also haven't seen it since I was a kid and I didn't watch it before doing this. (laughs) And then as I finished, I I, like scrubbed through the movie and I was like, oh shit, like half of this is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And I like looked up the character descriptions and I was like, man, I really should have looked at this before. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Taking creative liberties. (laughs) That's brilliant. It's, it's, uh, It's the kid in you that kind of drew that. Exactly. You know, why why do some research when you could just go in? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
So uh, what's kind of lined up for you? Um, I guess you, you mentioned that you might be getting a job soon. Hooray. Um, yeah. what, are, what are the things can we look forward from you from here? Um, you know, I haven't really thought about that much. Um, I would always like to make another film. But like, as I say that, like, I know it's not, I'm not going to do that anytime soon because then I have to buy a lot of um, Adobe products. <laughs> right. Which I am very anti-establishment. <laughs> hey. And I refuse to spend money on the man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I don't really have many ideas. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather like draw something than think of a, a storyline to to make a film about you know like it'd be pretty convenient if somebody gave me a story and then i could just go on it from there i was just gonna but, ask like if somebody in yeah. this audience was to say like hey i'd love to have you like draw this story for for us you know well if i really liked the story then maybe. of course <laughs> what, how, how, what uh what can we do to kind of persuade you what would uh what would be like a big winner for you well it has to involve girls Yes. Um, Anti-capitalism. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. For, for anybody listening, you just start start yeah. doing your storyboards. It's, <laughs> it's pretty clear. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, well, I've been, um, I'm in Vancouver now, but I've been really planning to, I'd really like to move to California where like Hollywood is and where, you know, all the big, all the big jobs are. Mm-hmm. And I went I went to LA this um, past month oh, yeah. for for a week to for like a convention and to like meet up with friends and as much as the industry is super cool like it's so hot and dry and everything's so far apart from each other mm-hmm. and there's no green and then I come back here and it's like why would I ever want to leave beautiful Vancouver <laughs> for a hot desert <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so that's my it's my conundrum. That's that's a tough one for sure. Yeah. So you're thinking of kind of uh, moving towards something like in California or something a bit bigger or. Yeah, I want to potentially. I'd like to work at. Well, I worked. I worked um, for DreamWorks. The like the show that we worked on at Tim House was a DreamWorks show, so I got to mm-hmm. work very closely with the art director and the lead character designer, in LA, and, and then I've done some freelance for DreamWorks, so I'd love to work for them like in-house at the studio because mm-hmm. uh you know they have free lunch every day yo <laughs> no need to like, bake your own cinnamon rolls exactly never again <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a big lunch every day so i i'd like that i think that'd be a really cool thing but i don't think i'd like to live in america long term i don't think that's that's for me i don't think that tickles my pickle you know <laughs> i had to do a double take okay, but. Sorry. <laughs> but no it's totally fine like i'd like to i'd like to live there for like five years you know get get the the hot shot stuff done and then come back to vancouver and live out live out my old years here old I years my old old years of 28 years old when i return yeah i was gonna i'm pretty sure you're younger than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's funny yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to hear that and definitely like there's something about that space where you have the ability to go into all different sorts of nature. Like I feel really kind of recharges you as a creative, mm-hmm. um, but also be able to do the big thing and work for like a big studio, right? 
is yeah. something that can set you up for pretty good for your career. Yeah. yeah. And also like um, they call Vancouver like the Hollywood of Canada. Like it's there's quite a bit of studios here. There's a lot of game studios, a lot of CG stuff here. And there's a lot of animation studios. So like you can get like most of what you want out of Vancouver, I think, you know, except for like you're not physically at DreamWorks or Disney, which, you know, that's what I want to hit that one day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you want those free lunches and be able to hang out with also like the bigger names for sure. Yeah, I want like I've like I've met a lot of people that like I went to Lightbox in um that's what everybody was talking about like yeah so yeah. it's like the it's like the non-crappy ctn <laughs> so it was the first year and it was really awesome and a lot of people like tabled and i got to meet a lot of people again and, and see old faces and see some new ones and it's just like a great it was just a great thing it was awesome mm-hmm. did you table at lightbox or no no i didn't i thought it would be too like complicated with like you need like to fill out paperwork and then you just bring your stuff over the border right but then like when i spoke to people who who were tabling there from canada they were like it's not that hard and i was like oh okay (laughs) so i i think i'm gonna do next year it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun it'd be really neat Mm -hmm. i think um i'm kind of inspired to hang out at those uh conventions for sure and i'm no illustrator at all but just uh before we start wrapping up like talk to me about like your tabling experience and how was that for you if you've Um, ever had done any yeah i tabled at like my first tabling was like anime north in toronto nice and i was in like second year and i did not draw anime so i did not do very well (laughs) (laughs) um and then i went to like fan expo in toronto and that was a lot of fun and then i moved to vancouver and i've been doing vancouver fan expos but the dates keep changing around so like not a lot of people show up so it wasn't that great Mm. and then i did calgary comic-con and I was like, or Fan Expo? I don't know which one. I think it was Fan Expo. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I'm going to travel for a con. It's going to be neat. But I, like, I broke even by $4. No way. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you know, the flight, the Airbnb, then the table, and yeah. food. Like, like, it really adds up. So I just barely made it to cover all of that. So it was just a free weekend, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to I'd like to table at, like a, like, a bigger thing. I think that'd be really cool oh yeah that like would a light box like a light box next year i'll yeah. see you there next year yeah we'll yeah. see you there and i like i applied to like the emerald city city comic-con where's that c at where is that emerald city comic-con i don't know it's nearby it's within driving distance right because you guys are so close yes we're pretty close that's awesome yeah it's it's always good to hear because like Besides, like, you know, breaking even and stuff, I've always heard that for artists, like, tabling, like, everybody around you, even though you're kind of competing in a way, you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, That everybody's just kind of really chill and pushing for each other to succeed. Um, I think it's a very wholesome thing and something I'm actually very envious of, uh, seeing, like, artists have those sort of, like, camaraderie. yeah. It's really cool, especially like um, a little off topic, especially in totally. like the animation industry in like Vancouver. It's not that big. It's pretty small. Like if you work at one studio and then you go another, like you're going to see a lot of people that were at the previous studio, you know, like everyone, like a lot of people knows each other. And because 
animation industry is so unpredictable. Like your contract ends and then you don't have anything for who knows how long until you find another contract, right? <laughs> it's not very like protected. Like it's not unionized in um, Vancouver either. So like this like camaraderie of like this community that everyone's all in this together. Everyone's on EI at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's, it's nice that in this like chaotic industry, like, like there's a, there's a strong community. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear that, and like definitely that's kind of why you want to, yeah, like be open to kind of meeting new people, and you know, be, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Um, I guess just to kind of wrap up, is there anything else you would like to say to the audience listening? Like, we're I know we're a pretty like Winnipeg based, but for sure, I imagine some of your fans would listen. Um, anything you'd kind of like to part with? Um, go for thanks. it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> if you got this far, and um, uh, you do good. God, I love this. <laughs> I love this. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. It's hilarious. Um, okay. Where can we follow you and support? How could we support your work? And uh, where can we find you? And yeah. Um, you can find me at Jackie Drushko on Instagram. That's how you pronounce my last name, Drushko. Just like that. And you could find me on Tumblr, YouTube, Patreon, Etsy, Facebook. If there's if there's a will, there's a way. I'll be there. Wait, you have a YouTube? Yes, I do. I posted my film, and that's about it. I, I watched it on Vimeo. I watched it on oh, yeah. Vimeo. <laughs> I also posted it on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much again for doing this, Jackie. Um, okay. Appreciate your time. It was super fun. Don't worry about being awkward. I think we're both very awkward. And okay. That totally makes the episode. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thanks for having me. It was, it was really cool to, to talk about stuff. Okay, bye. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening to the episode. If you liked it, please consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing to the podcast. Also, please share this with your friends. Word of mouth always helps this podcast so much, and we'll see you in the next one.